Hello, and thank you for joining the North Point Church Lutes podcast. We're excited that you found us, and we pray that you'll come back often and listen again and again. Each week, we upload the content preached in one of the North Point Church services here in Lutz, and we pray that you'll come back and listen and marinate on what it is that God was teaching us. The more that these messages get into your heart, the more that you have the opportunity to be obedient and allow them to change your life. We believe that God is real and His Word is true, and that has the power to change your life. So let's lean in together and see what it is that God has in store for you today. Unlike the other Pastor Steve, I love running. <laughs> you don't get that joke. Two weeks ago, Pastor Steve Wells was here. And if you weren't here for that, you definitely want to go and check it out online. Because that was week one of the new series we are in, Chase Your Calling. And I want to thank Pastor Steve and the other elders for asking me to speak this morning because I'm excited about what God has for us this morning. You see, God has a plan. He has a plan for each one of us. And I'm excited to be able to unpack what that might mean this morning. But before we get started, I want you to know something. I love you. God loves you. And that's not going to change in the next hour, in the next day, or the next week. I want you to turn to the person beside you and say, God loves you. And that's not going to change in the next day, or week, or month. Now, why do I start that way? Because today's message is full of love and full of grace, and there may or may not be some challenges to our heart. And before you start coming into this going, ooh, that chafes, I want you to know that God loves you, and he is full of grace and hope and compassion. Because today, you see, we're going to continue on this Chase Your Calling series And we're going to begin to chase God into some uncomfortable places. In the video we just watched, it's the the bumper video for our series. The very first time Kylie sent that to us, and shout out to Kylie McCracken. She's a behind-the-scenes person. She puts together all our videos and stuff like that. But the very first time Kylie sent that video, there was one image that stuck out in my mind. It just shouted at me, and the, the image is this right here. And I don't know if you can see it, but it's, it's the last guy who's running. And I love it because he's tired. But he is running with tenacity. And he, he gets down and he's tired and he looks up. And you can see it in his eyes. He's looking at something. He's looking at something. He's not just running to run. He's not just running because that's what you do. He's chasing something. And that's what we're talking about in this series, is chasing something. We call it chasing your calling. You may have noticed that the why looks different than the rest of the word. And some of you are like, why is that? Because it's chasing our calling, and it's chasing your calling. We are looking at things that are true for all of us as believers. Things that we are chasing, but it's also things that we are chasing as individuals. Because it's not just something for everybody else, it's something for us. And two weeks ago, Pastor Steve opened this series and he was in Hebrews chapter 12 where we were learning about the race and throwing off everything that hinders and running. And last week, Pastor Josh was here and he was talking about chasing unity. He was talking about chasing the thing that's going to bring us together. And I love what he had to say in Colossians 3. We were learning about the idea of getting rid of the junk 
Not just leaving it in our bedroom, but taking it to the curb. And I love how God is continuing that theme. Because God is going to continue to show us what it means to chase. To chase with tenacity. And this week we're going to continue on with the idea of chasing holiness. What does it mean to get rid of all that junk? What does it mean to not just run from something, but to run to something? You see, when I run, this is something I do to build endurance, is I run and I don't just say, okay, today I'm going to run a 5K, and and the end is in mind. See, I I start to run, and I get tired. And I'm like, okay, that mailbox right there, I'm just going to keep running to that mailbox. And, And I just keep my mind on that mailbox, and I'm running, and I get to that mailbox, and sometimes I'm like... Okay, I made my goal. Okay, keep going. Walked a little bit, run. And then I'm like, okay, that tree. I can do that tree. So I'm running and I'm running and I'm running and I'm chasing that tree. And sometimes I get to that tree and I'm like, okay, I got a little more in me. How about that stop sign? Okay, so I'm going to run and I'm going to stop. Okay, I'm done. But it's that idea of chasing something. Today we're going to talk about chasing holiness. Now, holiness can be a scary word, right? It sounds so foreign. See, last week, Pastor Josh was talking about God's wrath and, and comparing God's love and mercy with God's wrath, and that is an important part of his attribute. And today, we're going to talk about God's holiness, because that is an important part of his character. As you're falling more in love with God, I definitely encourage you to sign up for Pastor Corey's Attributes of God class, because that really unpacks all of these ideas understanding all of who God is. And today we're going to talk about his holiness. And we say, sure, okay, I get that, Steve. God is holy. We just sang about that. God is holy. Holy is your name. And I love that. So how in the world could we chase it? Well, in Pastor Corey's class, you'll learn about these things called communicable aspects, attributes of God. There's things that God is, and we are like that. Okay, Steve, but we're talking about holiness. I mean, God is holy. Holy is his name. My name is Steve. It's not holy. Yet Jesus has a different perspective. In Matthew chapter 5, verses, uh, verse 48, he says this, You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. What? I'm not perfect. Peter continues that idea. He unpacks it. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 16, if you have your Bibles, this is going to be a verse we're going to revisit. It says this, Therefore, preparing your minds for action, right? We're running, action. Being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that has brought you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Grace, right? He's, he's definitely talking about grace here. As be obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. What? I mean, sure, yeah, God is holy. What does Jesus mean? What does Peter mean? We should be holy. See, that passage keeps going. It adds some, some additional pieces. We're going to talk about it in our Go Deeper this week. And if you're not in the habit of using the Go Deeper, I definitely encourage you as a personal devotional, as a, as a family time, as a small group. It's on the app, the MyMPC app. But definitely take advantage of the Go Deeper each week. But we're going to talk about what it means to be holy. 
as people? What does it mean to gaze upon the face of God, to realize he's holy and he's called us to be holy? And we're going to chase that, not just at a do-do-do-do-do, but with the look in the eyes like that guy had. I'm looking at something and I'm tired, but I keep my eyes on that. We're going to chase him. You see, when I run, there's always two key points, right? And I think the same is true for all runners. There's two key points. For some of us, it's the start and the finish. But like I said, it's not always that. That's, that can be hard. There's always something I'm running from and there's something I'm running to. Something I'm running from and something I'm running to. For some, it's the start line and the finish line. But for some, like I said, it's this corner and that stop sign. It's this tree and that mailbox. There's always something I'm running from and there's something I'm running to. Sometimes it's the really loud dog and the fence. There's something I'm running from and there's something I'm running to. And today let's talk about running from sin and to holiness. As modern Christians, we talk a lot about grace and mercy and rightfully so. Because that is a critical part of who God is. But in all of that talk, it's really easy for us to get complacent. It's really easy for us to get comfortable in our sin. Because after all, Jesus is grace, right? God is love. He's all good. He's forgiven me. Yay! And we get complacent in our sin. And we forget that we're to run from sin and toward holiness. Some of us are starting to get a little uncomfortable, but I open the service with God loves you. We're going to go to some uncomfortable places. And fortunately, we've got Jesus. And in John chapter 1, verse 14, we learn this. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Grace, God loves us. Grace, God has sent Jesus to overcome our sins. Grace and truth. Peter said, we we do this full of grace, but we are chasing holiness. We are chasing truth. We are chasing that thing that God has called us to. Holiness. Truth. Some of us are like, that's a really big idea. Truth. What is that? Holiness. Holiness means to be set apart, to look different. In the Old Testament, God was teaching the people of Israel what that meant. He said, let me tell you what it means to look different than the people around you. And he gave them what is known as the law. The law is God's description of holiness, his description of how he wants them to be set apart. It's God's perfect plan. It's how we look different than the world. It's how we look different than we used to be. The law is the best way to describe God's truth and holiness in human terms. But here's the problem. We can't do that on our own. We can't do it in our strength. And we get all caught up in the law like it's a checklist and like we have to go, okay, God, I'm going to perform X, Y, and Z, and now I'm going to be holy. But the law doesn't give us that ability. You see, the law teaches us what sin is. It shows us that we are sinners, but it does not teach us how to get out of sin because we can't accomplish it. We cannot be holy on our own. 
The law is not a checklist. It's not a do this, don't do that kind of thing. And for so many in the world, they see that as what Christians talk about. right? Oh, Christians, holier than thou, don't do this and do this and don't do this. And that is the perception that people see of us. And it's because we have done a bad job of being different. A bad job of communicating the love that God has for us. They see us as a checklist kind of people, but that is not what God had for us. You see, we don't have to memorize the law. Because Jesus came to fulfill the law. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. Keep your eyes focused on me. That's what we learned in Hebrews. And Jesus said, don't get all worried about all the rules and the checklists. He said, look, it really boils down to this. This is the law. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and your mind and your soul. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord your God with everything you have and love your neighbor as yourself. And we hear that. And we forget that anything in our lives that doesn't match that is sin. The, the gap between our reality and that, that's sin. Because this is the law. Jesus said, this is the summary of the law. I've come to fulfill this. Keep your eyes on me. Some of us are thinking, whoa, Steve, that's heavy. Because, you know, I'm all right. You know, I'm pretty good and I'm a Christian and I follow Jesus and I love him and I Love the songs. But that doesn't describe me. I mean, that's heavy. Well, this is the good news. It doesn't describe any of us because we're all in the journey. We've all experienced sin. We, we know what it means to be in a gap between this and ourselves. And that's sin. But for so many of us, we come complacent. And we think, well, I, I can't be perfect. And so I, I'm pretty okay with where I'm at pretty okay with where I'm at and I forget that I'm running from something and I'm running to something. We see sin is the violation of the law. Now there's two different kinds of, of sin. There's, there's sins of commission and there's sins of omission. You want to know more about that? Check out Martin Luther. You see, sins of commission are what we normally think about, right? I do this. I'm not supposed to do it, but I do it, right? This is lie and lust and murder. These are things I do, sins of commission. Many of us forget about the sins of omission. These are the things I'm supposed to do, but I don't. Love your neighbor as yourself. Give sacrificially. See, when we don't do those things, that's also sin. Sins of commission and sins of omission. And we're thinking, okay, yeah, I I have some of those. How do we deal with that? Well, the Bible says, for all of sin, fall short of the glory of God. Well, wait a minute, Steve. How could that be? Right? You, you just said all of sin, all fall short, but also be holy like God is holy. Jesus said per- perfect like God is perfect. How could that possibly be? Well, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how there's this great intersection and how Jesus makes a way. So what is holiness? Holiness is to be set aside, to be set perfect, to be, be separate for God's purpose. What does that mean? You see, we were created for this, right? In the Garden of Eden, we were made for God's purpose, and then sin happened. Sin is that thing that separates us from God's vision for us, his purpose for us. 
And I love that idea of vision because that's the thing we're chasing. God's purpose, God's intention, God's vision for us. Set apart, looking different. Sin is a violation of God's law. How do we respond to sin, right? Like I said, most of us are okay. We're okay. And if we're honest, most of us are chasing just enough. Just enough to not be that guy. Just enough to not look like her. Just enough to be a little different from the world. Not a lot different, just a little different from the world. That's what most of us are chasing. I mean, yeah, we've got a relationship with Jesus, but we're comfortable with our sins. Let's be real. We get comfortable with our sins. We're comfortable with a halfway relationship with Jesus. The problem is we're not called to just enough. We're called to holiness. We're called to chase something. We talk about the holy God. In fact, we sang about that this morning. Holy, holy, holy is your name. How do we respond to the fact that God is holy? In your Bibles, turn to Isaiah chapter 6. We're going to read about how one guy responded to God's holiness. It's in the throne room of heaven, and Isaiah gets to experience just a bit of God's holiness. Isaiah chapter 6, in verse 1, it starts like this. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting Upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, the angels. Each had six wings, with two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another, and they said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. In the Bible, when you see things represented three times, that's perfection. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook with the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. Do you get the weight of that? Holy is the Lord. And this is how Isaiah responded. He said, woe is me. Woe is me for I am lost. I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes to see the king, the Lord of hosts. I'm a man of unclean lips. I'm a sinner. There's a gap between where I am and the holiness of God. I'm so in awe of God's holiness. Woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. And as you continue that passage, you'll see that God has an answer for that. He has a solution for that. We're going to talk about that. But is that how we respond when we are confronted with the difference between God's holiness and our sin? Or are we comfortable with sin in our lives? Are we okay with a just enough holiness? It's a little uncomfortable kind of question. Do we get heartbroken by our sin like Jesus is heartbroken by our sin? Are we disgusted by our sin the way that God is disgusted by our sin? You see, sin disgusts God. See, he is holy, and he is righteous, and he is just, and he is wrath, and that will not be denied. See, sin counters all of that. Sin is separate from all of that, but there's also good news. 
Because God is also mercy and grace and compassion and those will not be denied. How do we reconcile that? What is the intersection between God's holiness and his justice and his grace and his compassion? The intersection is Jesus. The intersection is Jesus because Jesus said, all right, God's holiness and his justice will not be denied. There is sin and that comes at a cost. And I love them, but they're full of sin. And Jesus says, okay, I'll be the sacrifice. I'll be the punishment. I'll be the consequence. I'll be the path away from sin and toward holiness. Jesus is the path. And that is the great intersection. That is the solution that God created before the beginning of time. Jesus is the solution. He is the intersection. And if some of you are listening today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, know that that invitation is right there for you. But there is another great intersection For those of us who are believers, for those of us who are chasing holiness, we don't have to go, oh, I sinned, I lost my salvation. Oh, I cursed. Because this this perfecting process, this sanctification process where God is chiseling away at our sins. Now, sins still come with a consequence. These sins still come with a consequence. Now, I want to be very clear here. Salvation through Jesus comes through faith alone in him. We do not get salvation with the cross plus our suffering. Salvation comes with faith in Jesus Christ. And I want to be super clear. The intersection of God's holiness and our sin is Jesus. That is sufficient. And as believers, God is also disciplining us. He's disciplining us like a father loves his children. And there's this great intersection because there are consequences. Not punishments, consequences. But the intersection is between consequences and provision. See, the wages of sin is death. Jesus took care of that. Our soul is clean from sin. But as we walk, as we chase holiness... There are consequences, natural consequences. You're thinking, Steve, what are you talking about? Well, if you murder, you still go to jail. And some of you are thinking, I'm not a murderer. I haven't committed murder. I've thought about it. Mostly my kids getting in the car this morning. But I haven't committed murder. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, what about when we commit adultery? It hurts our spouse, doesn't it? There are natural consequences If we lie, it still damages relationships. It still erodes trust. There are are consequences. When we lust, it steals intimacy away from our spouse. There are natural consequences. If we're distracted by idols, and so many of us have idols in our lives, it steals our time and our focus. So much so that we say, oh, I just can't grow close to God. I don't have time to give to God, but I have time to give to my idol. I have time to give the thing that I have put over God in my life. And we wonder why our spiritual lives aren't growing. Well, those are the natural consequences of idolatry. But you see, we've got this consequence 
But we have a great intersection of provision. Now, let me be clear, not everything bad is because of a specific sin. It's not like I got sick and so it's a specific sin, but every sin causes something bad. Every sin comes with a consequence. And in that consequence, we see provision. We see provision and we see it over and over and over again. Because Jesus hates sin, and so he's leading us away from it. It's not that he hates sinners. He hates sin, and he's leading us away from it. Flee from it. Go and sin no more. It's this great intersection. And we see it over and over and over again. You see it in Adam and Eve. They had to leave the garden, but God provided clothes. We see it in in Noah. The world was full of sin, so he flooded it, but he provided the ark. Consequence, provision. You see it in Jonah. This is a great example of a sin of omission, right? There was something he was supposed to do, but he didn't. And there was a consequence. He got thrown in the sea, but there was a provision. The whale. Many of us think of the whale and the great fish as the consequence. No, it was the provision. Because God was leading a way for him to be able to follow through with God's purposes. And there's a great verse that shows this in beautiful ways. And it's a verse many of us have heard and many have taken out of context. It's Jeremiah 29, 11. Many of us have heard it, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a, a hope, to give you a future and a hope. We hear about that, and we're like, oh, that's so nice. It's so good. Thanks, God. Appreciate that. It looks great on my mug. But we look at the consequence. We look at the context, sorry. We back up to verse 10 and we open it up a little bit. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you. I will fulfill, you, fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. You see, because I know the plans I have for you. Declares the Lord, I plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You see, there was consequence. God was saying, you have been idolaters. You have been adulterers. There's a sin. You're going to spend 70 years in Babylon. But there's a hope. In the midst of this tough time, there's a hope. I'm leading you somewhere. It's the vision for where God is taking us. And that is the vision we're chasing, holiness. It is a call to all of us collectively, but also personally. You see, if that's the vision we're chasing, if that's where we're going, sin is a stumbling block. Sin is not something just to be swallowed and go, eh, it's okay. But it's a stumbling block. We are chasing something. And you see, Satan knows that we're chasing that. He knows that that's our calling. He's incentivized to slow us up. Because he knows that our sin has consequences. And he wants to get our eyes off of Jesus. But we're racing towards something. Now, some of us are starting to feel a little uncomfortable. Some of us are starting to say, really, God, really, do we have to come and listen to this? Now, let me tease out something. And Pastor Steve spoke about this just a few weeks ago. Satan loves to remind us of our sin. And that is condemnation. But there's a difference between condemnation and conviction. Because for some of us, we're feeling a guilt right now. We're feeling a guilt because we know our sin. 
And we have become comfortable with our sin. And we're, we're kind of comfortable with that right now. And we're feeling a little guilty. But I want you to know, Satan condemns. He calls us bad. How dare you? You're dirty. That's condemnation. But the Holy Spirit convicts. The Holy Spirit leads us away from sin and says, I love you and I've got a great vision for your life. So if you're feeling guilt right now and you're hearing, you're a bad person, you're a bad person, you're so dirty, that's Satan. If you're hearing, I love you and I have a better path for you, that's God. Because there is hope and he does have a hope for our future. Satan condemns, but God convicts. He leads us away from our sin and into freedom. And that's where we come back to Jesus. Because he is full of grace and truth. He is full of grace and truth. He has grace in the midst of our sin and he's leading us to truth. And he says, go, sin no more because I've got a great plan for you. I've got holiness. I want you to be set apart just like God is holy. I want you to be set apart. I want you to look different so that others can see that I've got a great plan for them as well. So what do we do about that? It's so easy for us to accept our little sins. I mean, for the moment of salvation, like we go, oh God, I got grace. This is great. It's so easy for us to accept our sins. But for many of us, it's like a bitter herb in a, in a meal, right? We don't like it, but I really like the meal. So I'm just going to swallow it and just keep going. But the problem is, is that sin is offensive to Jesus. It means something to Jesus. He died to get rid of it. How can we be okay with it? How can we be okay with sin that God died for? A violent death. There's holiness. And some of us are saying, yeah, Steve, but come on. I mean, yes, I love God. But he's great. But I kind of also like my sin. I mean, there's grace, right? I, can I just keep, keep sinning, right? Because there's grace. The Apostle Paul spoke to that in Romans Chapter 6, verse 1, he says, what shall we say then? Are, are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Or Peter, we, we read this earlier. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also are holy. You also be holy in all of your conduct since it is written, you shall be holy for I am your holy. So what is your vision? What are you looking at? Like that guy in the video who's staring and he's tired, but he's been running and he keeps his eyes. What are we chasing? Are we chasing just enough? Are we chasing holiness? That's hard to hear. It's hard to hear. What do we do about that? Well, we ask God to hate our sin to teach us to hate our sin. Like Pastor Josh said, make it stinky in our nose. To make us aware of the stench of our sin, to take it to the curb, to get rid of it and to chase holiness. And not to worry about the law and the checklists and all of that, but to keep our eyes on Jesus because he fulfilled the law. That the law will become natural, transformational, 
The law is not a checklist. We keep our eyes on Jesus. We chase holiness. For some of us, we need something even more practical than that. We need specifics because we're hearing this and we think, okay, I'm ready to move. I'm ready to get out of my comfortable sin and chase holiness. Let's get specific. Let's get practical. Well, it's step number one, admit your sin and call it sin. Admit that it has dangers in life. Ask God for a path away and thank him for his provisions in that path. Because as you understand that there are natural consequences, we also understand there's provisions as God is leading us away from our sin. We don't want to focus on our sin. We want to find that positive thing, right? Like Pastor Josh taught us last week, keep our eyes on things above, that positive behavior. Because if all we think about is the sin, the sin, the sin, the sin, yes, we want to know what we need to get away from. But if that's all we're thinking about, that's what's going to happen. So we keep our eyes on things above. We ask God to keep us there. And we surrender to that behavior. We make that in our prayer journal. If it's purity, if it's honesty, if it's self-discipline, whatever it is that we are chasing, just like I chase to that stop sign, to that mailbox, God, bring me to the point, I want to be a little closer to your holiness. I want to be a little closer to your holiness. God, I want to be a little closer to your holiness because that is where God is bringing us. Surrender to that behavior daily. Get an accountability partner, somebody who's going to be honest with you and say to that person, I'm sick of this sin in my life. Jesus died for this sin and it stinks. I want to get, get away from it. I want to chase this. So will you ask me? Will you hold me accountable? Maybe it's a sin of omission. Maybe it's something God is calling you to do that you haven't done. And that's, that's an easy sin to ignore, right? I mean, when we murder someone, that's obvious. But when we don't do something God is calling us to do, that's not as obvious. So for maybe some, it's, it's surrendering to that. For the believers in the room, I want you to know that God is calling us to holiness. This is not a a message of guilt or condemnation. That's, that's, That's what the devil does. This is a message of invitation, of grace away from sin. Let's get rid of the sins that have become so regular that we've begun to ignore them. Let's begin to chase holiness. And for some of you, you're like, okay, I hear you, Steve, that that second great invitation, that intersection between provision and consequence. Like, okay, but what if I haven't yet come to that first intersection? Because I'm feeling guilty and I don't have that grace because I don't know Jesus that way. If that's you, I want you to know that your next step is saying, Hi, Jesus, I'm a sinner, and I say yes to everything you have for me. If that's you, in just a minute, we're going to have some of our elders, some of our leaders 
up here across the front, we want to invite you to come and talk with us because we would love to help you understand that intersection. To understand the intersection of your sin and God's grace. Because he invites you away from that sin and toward a loving relationship with him. Will you pray with me? Father, thank you so much. God, we know you love us. We know that your grace and your compassion are incredible. But let us not forget that your truth and your holiness and your justice and your wrath are also abundant. And so God, make us a people that chase holiness. God, show us the sin that you want us to run away from, to flee from. Because God, we want everything you died for us to provide. We want where you want to take us. Give us a hunger to chase that. Chisel the, ch- the sin off of us. No matter how much it might hurt, God, we know that we don't want the consequences it's bringing. We're so thankful for the provision you've given us because that's your grace. But God, we want the better thing. We want to be set apart for your vision. So God, we say yes. Give us a vision for your holiness. Give us a vision for where you're taking us. For God, those that don't yet know about your grace, God, I pray you would give them the boldness to come and talk to someone. Help them to know that you love them and you have made a way for them. As they call you their leader and their forgiver. Be with us now, God. We pray all these things in your name. Amen.